0: Good morning. We at the Sunset International Bible Institute counted a privilege to be a ministry of the Sunset Church of Christ. We are thankful to be under the oversight of the elders here who serve as our board of directors. And we also consider it a great privilege that every year one of our graduating seniors has the opportunity to be able to share the word of God in this auditorium and to be able to encourage each of us with uh, what God has to say to us. This year, our uh, preacher will be Greg Watson. Uh, Greg is here along with his lovely wife, Asta, and uh, Greg, as well as the others who were standing earlier, will graduate in this auditorium on the 20th of this month. And uh, you, of course, are all invited on that occasion uh, if you would care to be here. Uh, Greg and Asta have been married for 35 years. And they are the parents of two children. And they have one grandson. And so we uh, certainly celebrate with them in that grandson. We, we know how very important that is. Uh, Greg. Uh, was a Marine, is a Marine, uh, six years as a helicopter pilot. Uh, Greg earned his, match, uh, his MBA from Northwestern University. And uh, following his active time in the Marines, went into the corporate world. And he retired recently uh, as the regional general manager of uh, McDonald's uh in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Greg was encouraged to come here to study at SIBI by Elsa Springer, who is a longtime missionary in Germany and in Switzerland, and we're grateful for his encouragement to her. And uh, Greg has uh stood out in all of his studies and in all of his work while being here with us at SIBI, and we are excited about uh, his choice to continue to be with us uh, following his graduation. Uh, He and Asta will move back to the Atlanta, Georgia area, but Greg has agreed to take on the role as our Dean of Ministry Training for Europe working with our schools on that continent, as well as continuing to work with some of our schools as he has been in Africa. And Asta uh, will be working uh, with us and by his side in the development of some additional women's curriculum. And so we are excited for all that God is going to continue to do through these wonderful servants that uh, he has raised up over a lifetime of development, uh, giftedness, and ministry skills. And so we are glad to be able to share them with you today, and I am uh, pleased to be able to welcome Greg to this podium at this time in our traditional way by asking Greg to come and preach the word.
1: Good morning, church. Transformative. That's the word that Austin and I use to describe our SIBI experience to others. Transformative. See, we came here to become better equipped to work in God's kingdom, and our objective has been greatly exceeded. You have some wonderful Bible instructors here, and they pour themselves into their students. And over a two-year period, real transformation takes place. So on behalf of all the graduating students, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to the Sunset Church. Thank you to the Board of Directors for supporting this, this great experience that we've enjoyed so much here at SIBI. What is our greatest fear? You know, if you don't think about that question too hard, you will offer up some pretty traditional answers. You might say, well, losing my job or source of income. Or maybe losing a dear loved one. What about death? Even though we know we're Christians and we're saved and there's a resurrection, we still might be willing to admit that we're a little uncomfortable with the process of dying. All of those are legitimate responses to the question of what is our greatest fear. But as I think about this deeply and go through the Bible, I believe that it shows us that our greatest fear is to see the glory of God in this life. What are you talking about, Gregory Darnell Watson? When my wife uses all three of my names in that tone of voice, I'm in big trouble. What are you talking about, Greg? I'm a Christian. Of course I want to see God's glory. But do we really want to see his glory? Do we recall when Isaiah was brought into God's presence in Isaiah 6? And he said he saw the Lord high and exalted. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, wow, that must have been really cool. But what did Isaiah see? He said he saw these strange creatures with six wings and eyes all over their bodies. And they're shouting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And their voice made the temple shake and there's smoke everywhere. What did Isaiah say? He said, woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live amongst people with unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Now, did He want to see the glory of God? What about Moses? Do you remember Stephen's account in Acts seven, when Moses first saw the glory of God? He goes to investigate a bush that's burning but not consumed by the fire, and Stephen says in. Verse 32, as he's approaching, he's amazed at what he sees. But then he heard the voice of the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What did Moses do? Did he jump for joy? He says, no, he was terrified, and he would dare not look. Now, why did he do that? Didn't he want to see the glory of God? I think we get the answer in the next verse. Verse 33, the Lord said to Moses, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. There's that word again, holy. So seeing God's glory means seeing his holiness. And that's a disturbing experience because we are people of unclean lips and we have dirty sandals. So as we realize that we need to get closer to God, it scares us. And here's why. Because the closer we get to God, the more of himself he reveals to us. And the more we realize just how unworthy we are. And the more we realize that, the more we know, well, we've got to make some substantial changes. And that terrifies me because I like these sandals. They're very comfortable. I've had them for a long time and now they must go. So you see, to see God's glory, we've got to see his holiness. So this morning, I want to share with you how we can turn our greatest fear, seeing the glory of God in this life, into our greatest desire. We're going to do that by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ even deeper. Now, I know i got a, an auditorium filled with Christians and people online who are Christians, and you're saying... But I do believe in Jesus. And that's great. But I want you to know that Jesus, when he walked the earth, he had an inner circle of people who were close to him. And they were believers. Yet he still taught the apostles that they needed to believe deeper. Turn your Bibles to the book of John chapter 11. We'll be reading from there shortly. And I I love this book because it is all about helping us to believe in Jesus. In John 20, 31, he wrote, But these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Now, that word for believe, it's not talking about, well, I can see it with my eyes, therefore I believe it exists kind of belief but a deep-down-in-your-soul-trusting-to-your-bones kind of belief. And that is what Jesus wants from his apostles. And you know what? That's what he wants from us also. So as we turn to John chapter 11, we learn that the apostles, Jesus and the apostles, have recently been run out of Jerusalem because Jesus proclaimed to be the Son of God. Also, Jesus has just learned his dear friend, Lazarus, is very sick. But instead of rushing to his side to heal him, Jesus delays a couple of days, and Lazarus dies. And so as we get to verse 7, we read the interaction between Jesus and his apostles. He says to the apostles, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they... Many of the apostles, said a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back. And then there's some back and forth between Jesus and the apostles, and when he gets to verse 14, he gets to his main point. He says, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Now, that seems like an a strange way to introduce the death of a dear friend, doesn't it? And what does Jesus mean by saying, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe? Now, these are his closest friends. This is his inner circle. They've been with him for three years. And if you think about the miracles they've seen, looking at all the gospel accounts, they've seen at least a dozen that are eyewitnesses, at least a dozen of these amazing feats. Yet, Jesus is saying they still need to believe deeper. And, you know, I think that's true for us today as Christians. Yes, we believe. But we can believe deeper. So Jesus is going to take the apostles back to Judea and teach them how. And as soon as we get there, we realize that he's got to teach Martha to believe deeper. Now, I love this interaction between Jesus and Martha. She gets right to the point. She says in verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, I don't view that as a complaint. I view that as a statement of belief. She's saying that she believes that Jesus is a master healer. And if he'd only come sooner, things would have turned out differently for her brother. And then look at verse 22. She says, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Even deeper belief, right? She's saying, I know God hears you. And then she said, even now, which is an interesting phrase. She says, I know God hears you and he'll grant you whatever you ask. That even now piece makes me think that, or maybe she thinks some significant amount of time has passed and she wants to ask Jesus to raise her brother but it's been a while and maybe she's a little hesitant so she says but even now notice how Jesus in verse 23 teaches Martha how to believe deeper he says your brother will rise again and she says I know my brother will rise again in the resurrection in that last day I think I probably would have been thinking about the resurrection day too but that's not what Jesus is talking about he says I am the resurrection and the life in verse 25 and 26 he says the one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die do you believe this now how would you answer this question the one who believes in me will never die her brother's dead body is in the tomb not too far from her never die but notice Martha's response she says yes lord i believe that you are the messiah the son of god the one who is to come into the world she didn't skip a beat she didn't miss a point she said in such a beautiful statement of her belief. She says, Lord, you are the Messiah, the chosen one. You're the son of God. You're deity who is to come into the world, this long-awaited savior. What an amazing proclamation of belief. You know, I don't think Martha gets enough credit because we often recount the story of when Jesus and the apostles come to her house and she's running around cooking and cleaning And Mary sits at Jesus' feet, which Jesus said Mary made the better choice. But Martha is proving right here that she is a woman of deep belief. But notice what happens when Jesus says, great, let's get to work. Take away the stone. To which she says, what? Whoa, wait a minute, Lord. What are you doing? And what she really said was, but Lord, by this time, there was a bad odor. But he's been in there for four days. As if to say, Lord, don't you know what happens to a body? If it has been dead for four days, it starts to decompose. It starts to smell. What are you, what are you thinking? Notice Jesus' response. By the way, this is the lady who just said he was a son of God. And she's doubting he can pull off this miracle. Jesus says, did I not tell you That if you believe, you will see the glory of God. That word glory, it means excellence. It means majesty, preeminence. And we should all want to see that kind of glory, shouldn't we? Let me ask, what has been your but Lord? It's been four days, rebuke of Jesus. But Lord... My job has been eliminated and the bills keep coming. But Lord, he's too worldly. He'll never receive your message. But Lord, the doctor's office just called. The test results are in. And they said there's nothing else they can do. There's nothing else they can do. Let me ask, what are you doubting that Jesus can do in your life? Whatever it is, take it to Jesus and choose to believe deeper. I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about. And I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 8. And while you're turning there, I'll give you a little insight into my SIBI training. I was in the military, and the military examples come up quite a bit in my sermons. And I've been coached that maybe I could broaden the appeal a little bit. So I'm going to use a military example. <laughs> but I'm going to do better in the future. But this one is perfect to show the kind of belief that amazes Jesus. In Matthew chapter 8, a Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, come heal my sick. He says, I have a sick servant. And Jesus says, shall I come and heal him? And the Roman centurion in Matthew 8, 8 says, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to that one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. That's believing deeper. Did you notice that Jesus said that this Gentile had greater belief than his inner circle, people who had been with him for three-plus years? He said no one in Israel has such great faith. And I think the reason why is because this military guy, Gets the concept of authority. He knows that when the one in command speaks, the underlings don't question, they simply salute and obey. And he's able to connect that concept to Jesus. Therefore, time and space, sickness and death, destroyed relationships, broken hearts, and anything else you can think of that's broken. It's all under Jesus' authority. The question is, do we get this concept of Jesus' authority? Church, you got to hear me on this. We have to get this to see the glory of God in this life. So let's move on to the all-important question of, so what does this mean for me? So what? Well, I'm sure you knew I was going here. And I, by the way, I stole this slide out of Bill's sermon last week because it's perfect. It's you. It's us. We must believe deeper. The question is how. I'm going to tell you now. It's a choice. I worked at McDonald's Corporation for years. And from time to time, I would go and work in the restaurant, stay close to the customers and mess up the operations, but it was fun for me. While I was there, I would work behind the counter and ring up orders. Um, And McDonald's has this very popular product. It's called a senior coffee. Anyone over age 55 can get a small coffee at half price. So one day, I'm behind the counter, and a very determined senior came up, and he said, I'd like to order a senior Big Mac. And I said... Sir, we don't sell senior Big Macs. He said, I know you can sell me a senior Big Mac. So we go back and forth, and I realize I'm getting nowhere, so I call the real boss over, the manager of the restaurant, and she has the same conversation with him. Sir, we don't sell that. He says, I know you can sell me a senior Big Mac. So then we decide, well, we got to strategize. We go back in the corner, and we huddle and like, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to sell him a Big Mac at half price. We're not going to call it a senior Big Mac because we don't want everybody asking for this thing. <laughs> so as he's walking back to his table with his sandwich, he stops, and at the top of his lungs, he shouts back to me, I told you I was going to get a senior Big Mac. <laughs> that was a man of deep belief. So let's talk about how we can turn our greatest fear, seeing the glory of God in this life, into our greatest desire. We talked about a couple of things. We've got to see his holiness, scary as that may be. And we've got to trust in the authority of Jesus. But then we're going to have to leave a couple of things behind. Fear and doubt have to go. They must go. There's probably some other things, but these are the first two out the door. If you think about John chapter 11, it's all about believers in this inner circle who can't get over their fear and their doubt. The apostles are afraid to go back to Judea because they feared being stoned by the angry Jews. And Martha, after giving that beautiful proclamation of her belief, doubts the Savior of the world can resurrect this four-day dead body. If it was left up to them, this miracle never happens. But let's go back to the tomb, and let's see what Jesus can do. Remember, when we left this story, he had just been rebuked for saying, take away the stone. And in verse 41, after the stone is removed, Jesus says a prayer. He says it out loud so everybody can hear it. And basically, he said, Lord, he said, Father, I know you hear me. But I'm saying this prayer so that these people here will believe that you sent me. And then he said those famous words Lazarus, come out. Now, this is where my imagination kicks in. Because now I imagine Lazarus is standing at the tomb and he's wrapped. Somehow, in mummy's cloth, like this, say, from head to toe. And his mouth is covered, and he can't move, and he's struggling. And then I imagine, some distance away, Martha, standing next to Jesus, looking at the tomb, and she's in her entourage. And they're like this. They're bent over, mouth wide open, stunned in frozen silence, like... They've never seen this kind of glory from God. He's been in there for four days. He's not supposed to come out. Jesus has to wake him up. He says, take off his grave clothes. Let him go. You know, we should pray that Jesus stuns us all into frozen silence like this one day. Because it means he's done something truly amazing in our lives. It's not hard to understand why Martha would doubt that this could happen. She's using her human limitations and placing them on the creator of the world. And I think we do this sometimes, church. But we have to believe deeper. James talks about this in James chapter 1, and this idea of removing doubt. He said, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So you see, you can't see the glory of God in this life without choosing to get rid of fear and doubt. You know, that man who wanted that senior Big Mac had no doubt he was going to get one. Now, please do not go to the local (laughs) McDonald's and try this. And if you do, don't mention my name. The journey to deeper belief starts with baptism. Believers, we don't have to fear being in the presence of the Lord anymore. Because when we're baptized into Christ, the blood of Jesus starts to clean clean us up. It wipes off our lips. It gives us a new suit, new sandals. We're presentable before God. And it's still cleaning us. So if you've been baptized, rejoice. Take comfort in that and start to believe deeper. And if you haven't been baptized, the time to start that journey to deeper belief is right now. So to see the glory of God, we have got to do these three things. We've got to see God's holiness. Think about Moses approaching that burning bush. The closer he got, the scarier it was. But we've got to do that because it exposes our wretchedness. Then we've got to trust in the authority of Jesus. The Roman centurion has set the standard for us, right? Because he said, I don't have to drag Jesus all these miles over to my house and have him lay his hands on my servant. He could be a million miles away. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. We need to believe like that. And then pack their bags. Fear and doubt need to go on a trip away. Get rid of them. It is a choice that we have to make as believers. And when we can do this on a consistent and growing basis, guess what? We are believing deeper. And we will see the glory of God in this life.